Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. How would you feel if you knew your manager had your back? What if they lifted you up and shined a light on your accomplishments? What if they were willing to do whatever it takes to give everyone a level playing field? Servant leadership is all about leading by lifting others. Our guest today is Tammy Rosen, and she is that kind of leader. She believes that leaders don't go far if they leave others behind. Throughout her career, Tammy has fought for the underdog and paved the way for others to get ahead, inspiring them to do more, learn more, and become more. In this episode, Tammy shares her perspective on leadership, contribution, and impact. She is currently the Chief People Officer at Atlassian, where she is responsible for the attraction, engagement, development, and experience of Atlassian's most important asset, its people. Prior to Atlassian, Tammy has held leadership roles at Goldman Sachs and Apple, and has served as the first Chief People Officer for both Quora and Luminar Technologies. Tammy brings an agile philosophy to all aspects of people operations. Throughout her career, Tammy has advocated for and engaged employees through initiatives that embraced the inclusion, empowerment, and growth of women, LGBTQ, and underrepresented populations, including Wall Street's first ally program, which won the HRC Innovation Award in 2011. She earned a Bachelor's of Arts degree from Binghamton University in Law and Society. Visit www.imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Tammy. Welcome, Tammy. I'm so excited to have you on the Beyond Barriers podcast. Thank you so much for giving us your time and um, sharing with our listeners the um, wonderful mentor you have been to me and the lessons learned. And I thought, what better way to share those messages and those pearls of wisdom than directly from the person who kind of helped shape my career in many ways while I was at Goldman. So without further ado, I would love for you to kind of tell our audience a little bit about your story and what um, you've learned in the journey thus far. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Monica. And it's, mm -hmm. it's such a great pleasure to be reconnected with you again and see all the great things you're doing. Um, so thanks for having me. Um, so telling my story, wow. Um, you know, as I think about my career, it's never really been a straight path. Um, and it's only kind of looking back now um, where I could see where the dots and everything connects into mm -hmm. different things. So as I think back to where I started my career, um, it was clear to me that, um, you know, there were things that I would like doing and there were things I wouldn't like doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of looked at my first chapter of my career as really trying to find that purpose and meaning for what I would want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I started out at NatWest as, as a uh, loan officer trainee and quickly found that I really like talking to people and helping uh -huh. companies get the money they need to actually build the businesses, but I hated sitting behind a desk writing up 
you know, loan reports and, uh, right. and, and crunching numbers, although I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I started to see that, you know, it's, it wasn't a business that I wanted to be in. And I always looked ahead mm-hmm. to say, well, would I want to be my boss? Mm-hmm. And realized quickly, no. Right. <laughs> and, and the more and more I did, it, it was like almost like breadcrumbs were being laid out of mm-hmm. giving me little ideas about things I liked and didn't like and accidentally fell into recruiting at a recruiting firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the recruiting firm, I realized I really like talking to people and helping them find that match for that great opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, and so the meaning started to show up for me, which was helping people. Right. Um, I like to help people, but I didn't like to just help them find the job and then be out of their lives. And so it was clear I couldn't just stay in a recruiting <laughs> firm because that would just be only one part of their journey. Right. And, um, and so quickly from there, I realized, well, maybe I need to kind of think about something else. Mm-hmm. And so I left the recruiting firm um, with the idea that I would create my own business around mm-hmm. recruiting, where you could help people with recruiting and development. Mm-hmm. Um, but I needed right. to take a job that would ina- allow me to make some money um, right. and hopefully find a partner because <laughs> I can't <laughs> alone. Right, right. Um, so I started at Goldman for, uh-huh. as a contract recruiter, <laughs> believe it or not. Wow, okay. Um, and um, actually, a contract recruiting coordinator was mm-hmm. my first job. And I took the job because I thought six months, I'll get some money, find mm-hmm. a, a great partner and start this recruiting and consulting coaching business. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out really quickly that I'm going to be a failed entrepreneur because I <laughs> fell in love with Goldman Sachs. <laughs> and two weeks in, I was made to be a full-time recruiter and fell in love with the entrepreneurial spirit that was there and right. the opportunity that was ahead. Mm-hmm. And not only could I help place somebody in a role for their first time, but then I could help them grow and develop. Right. That's what, that's, yes. mm-hmm. that's what set me out on my journey. Uh-huh. That's so the first part was finding meaning. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, the important things that are that you always focused on trying to identify the, you getting, gaining clarity, right, on, you were always asking yourself those questions. What are my strengths? What do I like to do? What is my purpose? So I think that's the really important thing that many people need to focus on is, like you said, identifying asking yourself those hard questions. Sometimes they are hard, right? And you were doing things that you could do, but you were realizing that it really wasn't kind of following your passion. So the great thing is, is that you navigated a path towards your passion instead. Um, Share a little bit about, you know, it, it does take a lot of courage when you're trying to identify those strengths and your purpose and that career path. And you get to a point where you made a decision, right, that you didn't like that job that you were in originally and you wanted to pursue something else. Um, how did you make that difficult decision or take that risk? How do you, what is your kind of your risk reward analysis? What do you do when you come to those types of decisions? Well, I probably have a better lens on it now than I did then. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I probably spent uh-huh. more time doing a little more trial and error because mm-hmm. I didn't have the mentors or the sponsors or the people to ask or even the role mm-hmm. models. Um, and I had to just try things on for size. Right. Um, but now it's really um, leveraging all those relationships that I've built over the years and really asking for advice and getting the truth out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes the truth hurts, right? Right, absolutely. Sometimes you think you're good at something 
and and that's your passion. And you know, uh, somebody who's watched you grow in your career, or somebody who who really knows what you know the industry can say to you, well, that's not really your expertise, or that's mm-hmm. not really where you should point yourself. Um, so, but back then, I think it was more about taking um, in the way I looked at it is the road less traveled. Mm. Um, I, I didn't always look at what was what was up mm-hmm. right, or the next role. I looked at kind of what did I want to do, and I remember thinking to myself that when I, once I got to Goldman, it was like, well, this is a real open field of opportunity, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, there wasn't an HR department yet. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was one of the original like recruiting part of this IT admin group, right? And, and we had an opportunity as we were scaling to really pave that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the opportunity to then take risk, um, create the different opportunities in front of me, you know, build out the organization um, and build the infrastructure. That's fantastic. One of the points you made that I think is extremely important is that you were proactive in seeking out the feedback and the truth. And like you said, the truth hurts sometimes. Um, I think share with our listeners a little bit on the importance of that, because I think sometimes we take for granted um, or we don't realize we're not getting the feedback that we need because we're not finding those truth tellers. So Talk a little bit about that and, and what, you know, how you figured out or learned that you needed to kind of proactively seek that out. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say it took a little while for me to learn that. And I probably <laughs> stumbled along the way. Right. Um, and there was a key moment or transition in my career where I had been an HR business partner for the technology division. I was mm-hmm. running the business partner team mm-hmm. and I was up for that next role to run the head of technology HR. Uh-huh. And, right. um, it was clear to me as my boss was moving up to take on more that that was the role I was being groomed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet when the opportunity presented itself, um, I wasn't given it right out of the right out of the gate, and I, it was mm. a, a big shock to me um, that why wouldn't that be the case? Right. And, and what ended up I learned that day when I went home, devastated that uh-huh. why would I be getting this opportunity? Um, you know that for some reason somebody hadn't been giving me feedback. Mm. And, and and then the next day I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to go back in, talk to some of my mentors. And I said, I'm going to mm-hmm. go back in and I'm going to ask for the feedback. And, mm-hmm. and the three decision makers, I'm going to go to them and say, tell me what I need to do in mm-hmm. order to get this role. What am I doing well? What am I not doing so well? And if you have to, like literally sock me in the head, like right. <laughs> take the meatball and throw it at me. Right. I cry or I get upset, you know ignore it. <laughs> right. Right. Straight up. <clears throat> and I remember that, um, those three people who had been working with me for a long time, who were in the role to mm-hmm. actually help me, they were the business people to give that role to me. They, they were like, you know what? That's right. I'm going to give you the feedback. And they did. Mm-hmm. And the feedback, by the way, was not hard. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't like, um, it did, it did, it didn't hurt. But for some reason, they had cared so much about me as a person, they were mm-hmm. so afraid to tell me the feedback because they thought mm. I'd get upset. Right. And so that was my first learning that I had to be open to the feedback. Right. And I had to, I had to show and demonstrate that I was willing to change and learn mm-hmm. um, and show people that, you know, anything they could say would be okay. Um, but that was something I didn't know to do mm-hmm. until 
face that experience. And the good news is they took the risk and gave me the job the next day. And I was basically told for like three months that it would be sort of a trial. And I remember um, halfway through the trial, one of the people that had said they weren't sure I can take the role mm-hmm. actually had their own realization. And their realization was that they had actually hurt my career by not giving me the feedback. Mm. And that they learned that it was just as much important for them to share feedback when they saw somebody who was high performing as much as it was for me to ask for it. And that was my learning in it. And I took on the role. I did really well in that role. And that was sort of set me on my path. That's fantastic. And I think, you know, it's so important, like you said, to one, seek it out if you're not getting it. But I think the critical piece is giving people permission to give you the hard feedback and giving them permission to keep going, even if you start crying or whatever that may be, because that's why they, they kind of hold back sometimes. And it's a disservice to both of both parties, right? So um, <clears throat> I think that's fantastic. So share a little bit, share a little bit about, you know, yes, you kind of went back and you got this feedback and then you had the opportunity. Um, <clears throat> Now, I think, you know, in speaking from my own personal, you know, experiences, I probably would have then had some, some fears and maybe some limiting beliefs that popped up after that, you know, situation. What techniques d- did you use to help overcome that and then kind of knock it out of the park and, you know, te- take that opportunity and show them that you were absolutely the right pick for this role? Yeah. So as I started this, um, this discussion with you, we talked about finding uh-huh. meaning and purpose. So uh-huh. I'm starting to find my meaning and purpose at this stage in my career and realizing that it is about helping others and finding opportunities and helping people find their potential. And then the second part of it is then taking it to the next stage of mastering your craft and becoming that expert. Right. Um, and then having confidence that you are that go-to person, that you are the person that knows these different things and that you can actually help others grow and develop through it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think you always have in the back of your mind, can I do it? You know, am I, you know, am I going to be able to overcome that next obstacle, get over that next hill? But it takes really those relationships that you've been building. Mm-hmm. And if you remember those three people I'd worked with so much and had a really strong relationship with them, yet they had a concern about me taking on this role. Right. And now that I was able to show and demonstrate, I can take feedback and demonstrate the role. They became supporters and advocates to help me succeed. Mm-hmm. So they, so I kind of, um, not even knowing I was doing it was in uh, sort of enlisting them to support me and and help me along the way and making sure that I touched base with feedback. What can I do better? What's one thing that'll make me more successful? What's one thing that's getting in my way? And really trying to make it easier for them to continue to give me that feedback. So I had confidence that the work I was doing was mattering and making the difference that we we all wanted. Um, and when I think about it, you know, at the end of the day, feedback is not about you individual person or your, or, or your, you know, it's not personal. It's right. about feedback to make the work better. <clears throat> right. And mm-hmm. So it's important for whoever you're doing the work for to give you that feedback because that'll make the product better, whatever product mm-hmm. it is. And it's your, it's incumbent on you to make sure that you have the right direction from that mm-hmm. person so that you can deliver what they want. Right. No, I think that's fantastic. I mean, feedback is a gift, right? And I think sometimes in hindsight, you realize it's a gift. Sometimes in the moment, <laughs> it may be one of those things where you're like, oh, I don't know how well I like this gift. But, um, you know, just in that, in that reflection afterwards, you realize that 
um, it was what you needed to kind of be the catalyst for you to become a better, um, you know, just individual overall. Talking a little bit about... Um, you know, there were lots of individuals that you, you, you yourself, um, you know, you mentored me, fortunately being one of them who you do deliver some of time, sometimes that hard feedback, right. And help people see what their strengths are when they can't see what they are. Um, what is, you know, what is your driver for that in terms of really kind of you know, giving them that hard feedback or, you know, steering them in the right direction. I'll never forget the experience that I had with, you know, you of really helping me hone in and identify my strengths, right? And you also were a person who helped kind of open connections for me to build better relationships with the right people or people that I needed to. Um, what kind of, what drives you in, in doing that? Because that seems like it, it is something that, you know, naturally was a superpower for you. Well, wow, thanks for saying that, Monica. And it's it's great to see um, how my feedback's helped you. So <laughs> I, I feel very lucky um, to know that that's made such an impact on you. And it's mm-hmm. it's why I do what I do. Um, so back to your question, I think I think it's it's really um, you know as I've gone through my career, I didn't have all the role models or mentors or sponsors early mm-hmm. on um, to help guide me, and. As I struggled and tripped and fall, you know, through all of those different moments, you know, I realized that um, that learning had to be passed on to others. And mm-hmm. it was sort of incumbent on me to help, especially women who don't get as much feedback as men, mm-hmm. um, those nuggets of things that will help unlock them. Right. Um, and so it was just more to me about feeling like, my, my role is to help others. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's what I'm good at in, and connecting people, but also unlocking their potential so they can do the best work they can do. Mm -hmm. And it's just magical to watch when, when somebody like you was able to sing and connect (laughs) with a a bunch of people, um, that you didn't connect with before. And that opened up so many pathways for you. No, absolutely. And I remember that story. I remember you, you know, I don't even remember how you figured out that I, you know, had the talent of singing and whatnot. And you put me on the spot one day and you said, you should sing. I want you to sing. I want to hear you sing. And who would have thought that something as simple as me singing a song kind of, you know, it, it really broke down a lot of walls from individuals who were in the room who saw me in a different light and it sparked a deeper relationship with several of those individuals, which, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, it was a very small kind of thing that I think you saw a way to connect um, strangers in the room. Right. Uh, And, and I'll never forget how, you know, simple that was and how at the end, how grateful I was because there were some individuals that I just didn't know how to connect with them. And you just doing that simple, creating that simple opportunity for me, just all of a sudden opened doors to relationships that I don't think I would have ever established on my own. So, uh, so much, you know, appreciation for that. But I think, you know, just thinking about how you connect all those, those things. I mean, you've always been a huge champion for, you know, diversity and inclusion, and you've pioneered lots of different initiatives in that space as well, where you were one of the biggest sponsors for a program that I rolled out, the Returnship Program. But the other is um, you're a huge ally. And I think you probably are one of the pioneers who first started the whole Ally kind of program initiative. I know you were at Goldman, which then became the gold standard of a lot of other companies. But um, 
Tell me a little bit about that, because that also seems to be kind of a passion, you know, a passion area for you as well. Yeah. So I, I think when I think about my career, a lot of a lot of times, um, you know, you have a job that you're supposed to do and you can be very focused on just doing that job. But what I learned at Goldman is that there's all these different things that you can get involved with and make a difference on. And it's just a matter of putting up the right case to mm-hmm. do it. Um, and what it does is not only enrich the outcome of whatever you're trying to achieve, but also helps you build your career um, mm-hmm. and get known for different things than just your, your craft. Right. And, so I call that like filling the gaps and um, mm-hmm. finding the things that no one may want to do because they might be too hard, but figuring out how to do it and actually creating an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it was around 2007, 2006, and mm-hmm. there was um, a, an LGBT um, group and there mm-hmm. was only one person on the out list and the rest were all um, on the closed list. Mm-hmm. So the only person that knew who was LGBT at Goldman at that time was the one person on the out list. Mm. Uh, And it just dawned on me as many of uh, people I would be coaching and mentoring through the company would share with me that they were LGBT, but didn't want their manager to know, didn't want their colleagues to know that why were they coming out to me, but not to their their area. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to convince someone to be themselves, their work product got better and they also got promoted and they got got more out of enjoyment out of their their work. Mm -hmm. Um, So the problem was there. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, how do you solve this problem, and especially when you have an invisible population? Right. Um, and, and so it, it just dawned on me, we need to create this, this ally program. And luckily enough, I got to be joined with, um, with a great person in our, in our securities division who mm-hmm. was in the, in the LGBT community. And together, we kind of set out um, to really build this program mm-hmm. in a way that would help um, all the divisions understand how important this population was. Um, so it took a good year. It took a lot. And, mm-hmm. and my favorite um, comments of, uh, or antibodies, or why does the LGBT community need allies? Does the women's network need men as allies? Does the black network need white people as allies? And the answers were yes to all of those things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The challenge was, you wouldn't know if somebody was LGBT and just by some of the subtle cues, you would Mm -hmm. have already told them whether or not you were open to them being who they are. And, and that's really was um, the impetus for doing it. And, and the best part of it was, was really showing the organization that it was simple things that can make someone feel accepted and, and comfortable to come to work. No, I absolutely remember because I remember, you know, I think I joined Goldman probably 2006, somewhere around there and um, or maybe it was 2007. It had to have been after the initiative rolled out because I remember when I was first joining, um, ironically, you know, a, a mutual friend of ours recruited me there, but she herself was not out. Um, at the organization. So I was like a little scared. I'm like, why am I going to come to this organization if she can't be out and then I can't be out? Um, but then when I showed up, and it happened to be probably around Pride Month, and there were like all of these stickers and things on people's desks that were like, I'm an ally, I'm an ally. And I just remember thinking, this is amazing. So I can just be myself and out myself at the very beginning and not have to worry about, you know, censoring whatever I was talking about and things like that. So Absolutely. I think, um, you know, my experience at Goldman was probably unique in the sense of as soon as I started, there was a, there was something visually there that was welcoming and saying, hey, bring your whole self to work. And it was such a, an amazing feeling. 
Um, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, um, you know, those types of things of, you know, you've always been a champion. Um, you did a lot of really great work at Goldman. And then you chose, you know, at a point in your career to make a transition, leave and, and go somewhere else. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? Sometimes where um, you are transitioning to a new industry, a new job, a new role, those types of things, and you decide to take a leap of faith and do it. What do you do to prepare yourself to make sure that you are going to hit the ground running, even in a space that maybe is brand new and you don't really know, um, you know, which, which direction to go? That's a great question. Um, and I think each time you actually look at it differently. Mm -hmm. um, but leaving a company that you've been at for almost 17 years and mm -hmm. going cross country to work at Apple um, couldn't be more different, right? right. <laughs> and, and I remember um, the first thing I did is I went to my mentors and my spot and people who I knew really cared about my career and would give me those truth seekers, you know, those mm -hmm. people that would tell me, is this the right thing? And at the time I was, um, I guess, um, you know, I was a senior MD in the, in the HR mm -hmm. organization and, and looking for like, hopefully to get to partners in the next several years or so. And, mm -hmm. you know, you probably would have said, stay the course, right? Um, keep mm -hmm. looking up. And I go back to taking the road less traveled because um, for me, that poem always was like sort of my mantra because it does make all the difference to take that risk. Um, you know, it was partially, um, you know, a push on like, hey, I didn't even think I can actually get a job out in, in California. In, in <laughs> um, that was kind of like an accident. And, and how it came about, ironically, was through networking and through um, relationships. Right. Because I had done some work with the Returnship Program, mm -hmm. the Veterans and the Ally Program. And someone from Apple in New York called me and said, hey, can you help us? We're thinking mm -hmm. about some of this stuff. And I helped them out. And the next thing you know, my resume showed up at Apple. And then I got a call from the head of HR at Apple. And I was like, whoa, this is like happening. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm just going to explore it. You know, I'm not looking to, I'm just going to see what it is, right? Just don't overthink it. Just, yeah, yeah, just, just go with it, see what it is. And at the same time, I was also um, being recruited to run like uh, the head of HR for um, one of the America's branches of one of the big banks. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I remember going to my, um, one of my mentors and he said, you know, Tammy, you can do that job anytime at any of these banks mm -hmm. at any time. He's like, but if you're going to leave Goldman, go big, take a risk. <laughs> you know, why do the same things just somewhere else? Just mm -hmm. go expand yourself. He's like, there's more to the world than, than finance. Mm -hmm. And, and that was sort of the, the sort of the kick in the mm. butt that I needed mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure. Now, when you're going to a different industry, that's one thing, but then you're moving your whole family cross country. Yes. That's enough. And, and I, I remember going home and talking to my husband when I got the offer from Apple, which happened to be trick or treating with my kids. <laughs> True. I'll never forget. And, and my husband was the one who turned to me and said, take the job, Tammy. And I was shocked because that meant him uprooting his whole career and like, yes, come do it. And I was like, no, I don't know if we could do that. And he's like, he's like, we have to, he's like, we have to take the risk. And so I think the lesson in it is, par is partly having really good mentors around you and then really great support structure. And my husband yes. that throughout that's fantastic. And so talking a little bit about that, having that really great support structure, 
what helped you gain access to those influential leaders, mentors, sponsors? Um, because I get that question a lot from, um, you know, our, our clients, our women, our listeners who say, you know, how do I, how do I find those influential leaders or how do I even, you know, build a relationship? Um, you know, what are the things that you did to kind of seek that out? Yeah, so I don't think I actually went on sort of like a journey to find these people. I mm-hmm. think they, they, you find them through the work you do. Mm-hmm. And every step of the way, whether it was working in the technology division or working in the operations division or then running some of the federation teams or even in the investment management division in Goldman, each mm-hmm step of the way, and then even going to Apple and all these other places, you make relationships with people because of uh, doing work together or delivering something for mm-hmm. someone or helping somebody through a difficult time. And, and those relationships, what I find with a lot of people is they just see them at that face value. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is take it to the next step. And right. you know, when you help somebody, ask for help you know, mm-hmm. or ask someone for advice or, or see where you can actually start to form a relationship more than just the work product that you're dealing with at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's what networking is about and building relationships. It's not just about the moment in time in which you're doing the work. It's about mm-hmm. how you carry that forward and keep that relationship going. Um, and what you find in many cases is that in the beginning, the relationship might be you doing some work for somebody else and then they're benefiting. And then, then later it kind of turns around where they need help mm-hmm. and, and they'll ask you for it and you help them. And mm-hmm. then you ask for help and they help you and it just becomes sort of like a bi-directional relationship um, and that moves forward with you. That's fantastic. That's really sage advice. But one of the things um, I, I hear all the time from our women is they struggle with asking for help because they feel like when they ask for help, they, it makes them seem like they may be inadequate or not you know, up for the job or the task. How, do you, how did you get past that fear? Or how, do you, you know, how did you shift that mindset? Because you know, like you said, you build some of these relationships by just asking for help. You know, I don't think there's like a magic bullet here. Um, (laughs) I wish I could say, here's how you do it in the three-step process. Uh I do think you have to try things out. You have Mm -hmm. to experiment. And um, for for some of my relationships, what I found is that sometimes you don't even have to ask. Someone knows to ask you if you need help. Mm. Um, And sometimes it's you're going to them and asking a favor. Um, The thing that I've learned is you could always, when you ask, you just have to be okay that someone could say no. Mm. And, and most, more than not, they don't say no. Um, you know, so if you're going to say, I want you to be my mentor, well, that's a little hard because it's, it's so amorphous. And and why do you want me to be the mentor? What can I, what time commitment are you looking for? All that. But if I say to you, Hey, Monica, I really think you're amazing at public speaking. And I want to learn how you, how you became a great public speaker. Can you sit down with me for an hour and share with me your lessons learned there? Well, that's different. Now you have sort of a specific thing and people Mm -hmm. will help you and go through it. Um, the, the other piece I would say to people is, you know, um, we fear asking for help a lot of times because we are afraid it'll show a weakness that we have Mm -hmm. and, and actually asking for help 
allows your manager or your colleagues or others to know where they can actually use their superpowers to help you. And right, then, right. and then they'll leverage you for the things that they don't know. So when you ask for help, it does get infectious and other people ask for help back. And then everyone brings their expertise to bear to support where you mm-hmm. don't know something or where they don't know something. No, that's actually fantastic. And it's so true because like you said, nine times out of 10, you, they, people want to help, right? It's very rare that you're going to get the no. Uh, but the other important thing that you mentioned is um, really kind of just knowing what it is that you want to ask for. So like you said, you can't just be very vague and saying, hey, be my mentor. But if you know the specific ask, then it's easier for them to be able to say, yes, I can help you with that or no, I can't. Um, and so if you are specific, then you're likely going to get the yes, because you know exactly what you're, you know, asking them, um, asking them for. Do you want to grow your impact as a change agent who ignites transformation in others, but you don't have a proven step-by-step method? Do you want to grow your visibility and influence as a thought leader to inspire others, but you don't know where to begin? The Beyond Barriers High Performance Executive Coach Certification is designed for experienced leaders who want to grow their impact and influence. Join this exclusive community of high achievers, advance your career as a leader, and experience the joy of helping others grow. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com and register for the webinar to learn more. Um, So final question in in wrapping up uh, our, our conversation, we like to ask this of all of our guests in that um, and you mentioned it a little bit that, you know, and it is in your nature, Tammy, where you're always kind of a step ahead or you're always kind of trying to forecast, you know, what you need to be doing. But how can women accelerate their success um, in the digital age, given this age of disruption and technology? And, um, and I think this is a really fantastic thing to lead into what you started, you know, even in your current role, right, of how do you handle change and, you know, especially in this, you know, world of, of work changing every day now? <laughs> yeah, that's a, um, yeah, it's a really great question. Um, I think during this time you have to take risk mm-hmm. and, um, and be, be willing to fail a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, a failure is not a failure unless you make it a failure. You know, it's, you know, it's an opportunity to learn and get back up and do something better and different. So I think take risks, um, reach out to people you wouldn't reach out to, ask for things in your job that you wouldn't have asked for, fill mm-hmm. a gap on something that some that needs to get done that nobody wants to do, but you know needs to get done. And if it got done, it would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really ask for help, right? Like, I think all mm-hmm. those things are, are, um, are things you could do during this time to actually build your brand, to get known for something, to master your craft. Um, and ultimately it comes down to is drive the change you want, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a yeah. lot of times I get known for being sort of fearless and a, and a change agent, but it, it's really about seeing what the future should be and making sure that you can help make that happen mm-hmm. because no one's going to make it happen unless you do. Right. Now, that's fantastic. And I think one of the things that, you know, you are known for is that um, you you see something that should be the way it should, like you said, be the change agent. But um, I think one of the beautiful things that you do, too, is that when you see someone struggling to be the change agent, you will take it upon yourself to kind of help be the catalyst for that change for that individual. I can say that happened uh, with me several times. But um, talk a little bit about that of like, how do you... Um, how do you become the change agent for others? 
Yeah. Um, how do you become the change agent for others? I don't know if I um, I'm sort of premeditated about it, <laughs> as you made it seem. But um, I, I think it goes back to that um, one of my superpowers is building relationships, connecting people to other people, and and trying to help make a difference in people's lives so that they can actually do their best work wherever mm-hmm. they choose to do it. And when I see somebody struggling, and I'd like to just jump in and help them. So mm-hmm. I would just to the audience listening, I would say when you see your colleague or your boss or somebody who, a friend who's struggling, you know, give them the support because that it's always more powerful in twos than it is by yourself. Right. And, and, and giving that support is, is so important. And pretty much as I look back on my career, I've spent time helping others, um, you know, get through the things that I didn't have the help mm. to get through uh, right. from others. Right. So people didn't help me. So I use that experience to say, let me help somebody else and pay it forward. Um, And it's really kind of driven, you know, a lot of the work that I've done in all the different jobs because helping other people realize their potential or get that next job they want or, or get over um, a bad situation mm-hmm. really then leaves them with this experience that they have with you, which makes them want to come back and support you and help you in your future. So I just encourage everybody to think about um, whatever you're doing to reach out and support somebody else. And if someone comes up with a crazy idea and they're the, the only one in the room, you know, take a chance and be the second one with them. Mm. I love that. That spirit of reciprocity, right? Is that you're paying it forward um, and kind of paving the way and opening doors for individuals to kind of help them, you know, accelerate in their success as well. Uh, Tammy, this has been fantastic. And I'm so excited to be able to share this with our listeners. Um, I know several are probably going to want to reach out and and connect with you. Um, So what's the best way for them to do that? Well, uh, link in with me. I respond to every LinkedIn, mes- LinkedIn message. Um, uh-huh. Happy to. And I'm also happy to give you, Monica, my information to give people who ask. All right. Um, but let me just close with a couple things as I look back. Mm-hmm. Um, as you think about your career, think about it's never going to be a straight path, that mm-hmm. taking a, a different path than you expected is never bad. And you're always faced with maybe two choices or maybe three, and you're worried that what the opportunity costs of the others. Don't think about that. Just take the path that you choose and do it really well. Mm-hmm. Master that craft. Mm-hmm. Um, build the gaps that nobody else is willing to fill. Uh, be open to that feedback and ask for it and give it to others. And then take those risks and drive the change that you seek. Um, and if you do those things, you'll look back on your career and you'll say, wow, I've made a difference in the lives of the people that I worked with and also for myself. And that'll help others do the same. So, that's what I, I, I hope people take away from this is that it's so important to continue to build those relationships, keep those relationships live no matter where you go or what you do, and then help connect people so that they get that next best opportunity. That is fantastic, Tammy. And thanks for closing with that. And I can um, I can attest that you are someone who um, just not, you know, you live it and you lead it. And that's why you're the leader you are, because uh, you are such a uh, champion for uh, success in others. And it's made you successful. So I think this is fantastic. And thank you so much for your time. And uh, I look forward to our continued um, connections. I do too. Thank you, Monica, for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all resources for each show, including the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode. Thank you.